the Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies, where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I am your host, Kareem, joined as ever by Kim. Hello. And Ari. Hello. And today we are here to talk about Season 3. Yes, we're in Season 3. Mixed feelings, guys. Mixed feelings. Episode 2, which is the Enterprise Incident, or as I like to call it, Undercover Brothers, the Commodore's Secret Special Corridor. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, the corridor is a euphemism. Oh my god. (laughs) So this is an episode that I really remember, because I remember thinking, dang, Commodore, you're so great. Why do you let yourself get played by sex? That was the worst part of this episode. Yes. Is that the lady in command is completely bamboozled by feelings. I feel like we've actually seen the reverse of this, where Kirk almost gets seduced by a pretty face, but Kirk never loses, so it it doesn't quite go to the full progression of that narrative. But I felt bad that one of the very first female, she's a soldier, she's in charge, is immediately within three minutes of seeing, like, a sexy tall guy is like, oh, fuck everything. She's like, you have pointy ears and you're not under my command. Let's go and have a date. (laughs) A sexy dinner. They have a sexy dinner in her boudoir. Yes, they do. It's like, what color is the room? Is it pink? Hot pink. Yeah. The thing is, I actually have no trouble believing Romulan commanders of any gender would definitely use sex to get ahead. It's just that she falls for the plan that I don't like. Well, this is my my other question is, like, does, is Spock just, like, rolling with this? Or does he, like, there is a Romulan lady commander that we're going to go find and I'm going to seduce. Like, I think he was Was that the plan? That's, what I, that's my question. Is like, is it just a coincidence that they happen to be on a Romulan ship with a hot lady commander who fell in love with Spock and this all rolled out I think of it? It, was it is a surprise. It was a surprise, a surprise because when in the episode Kirk is talking about the commander, he he refers to it as he. Yeah. yeah. It'll take me to him. Yeah. Okay. And then she does like this amazing swivel chair yeah. power yeah. That deal. So I love that. And it was like, oh my god. Yeah. So then... What was Kirk and Spock's original plan? Well, the plan was what they do initially, where Kirk will seem to come off like a crazy, glory-hungry hothead, and sure. Spock will go, nope, he's not competent to command, you should definitely release the Enterprise and just take Kirk, and we'll take your cloaking device. I do That's not think- That's a poor it's, plan! It's well, a terrible plan! I think it was all like Part of the plan steps. is okay. Yeah. Okay, if- the basis of the plan was to confirm or deny that they had cloaking device. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good plan. Yes. Very, very good plan. Because you have plausible deniability that Kirk was insane. Yeah. So he wasn't in command of his faculties. And they'll just blow up the Enterprise. So, okay. Part B of this plan to steal the cloaking device? By having Kirk pretend to be dead, beamed back to the Enterprise, surgically altered to look like a Romulan, beamed back... Trick everybody, break in, steal the cloaking device, beam back again to the Enterprise. While Spock is seducing whoever's in charge. Yes, like, this I, is a ridiculous okay. plan. I don't think the seduction was actually part of the original plan. I think the plan was... I wish it was part of the original plan. <laughs> I think the plan was Kirk comes off as crazy, gets himself arrested, and then somehow fake his death so that they'd have an excuse to come back onto the ship. Retrieve Kirk, and okay. if possible, also get the cloaking device. Okay. I think that they just had a lot of plans. You know, like Plan M, Hardison dies in Plan M. He always does. Actually, you know what? Reverse course. I believe this is a brilliant plan. Oh, God, Kareen. Because 
Kirk fakes his death, and they know that they have two Romulan hostages on yeah. board. Yeah. So they know yeah. that they can beam someone back pretending to be a Romulan. Although mm-hmm. apparently this Why don't they is... know what they all look like? like? Exactly. Exactly. It's a much smaller ship than the Enterprise. We saw like ten guys tops, and they just can't keep each other straight. Maybe they have some kind of face blindness with their <laughs> own species. <laughs> so long as they've got pointy ears in the eyebrow business, and apparently a sash, they're good to go. Yeah. Mm. So, no, wait. It is a good plan. I think it is. Solid. Spock is supposed to be just chatting with the Commodore, trying to, you know, to bol- to talk about the details bolster. of their surrender. And yeah. I don't think it was supposed to go on as long as it did. I think the plan was just for Spock to stay with the Romulan commander, trash-talking crazy, crazy Kirk, and keep him busy. Yeah, so that sure. Kirk could fake his death. But, like, the entire thing also depends on the Romulan commander agreeing to beam over a Starfleet medical personnel to... Con- and, oh, and the setup for Kirk's death, and allowing Kirk's body to be returned to the Enterprise. That might be part of their rules of war, though. It could easily be like a rules of engagement thing. It could also be cultural. But I don't know. I think I just don't. I think it was a plan with too many ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, as far as the Kirk's body being returned to the Enterprise, Bones does say it's a risk. They might have done an autopsy, but Kirk seemed, which would have been hilarious. It would have been. But Kirk because when his body confident. first showed up under that green light, he was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna cut him open." Bones, bones, no! Yeah, because like you're about fifty miles out, you're like, oh, this is clearly a trick. Well, again, because bones cannot read a room to save his life. No, um, I was shocked that he was able to a cotton on to the plan. Well, and he knew B, that he wasn't really stick to the plan. Well, I think as soon as bones got into the room with Kirk, he oh was yeah, like, he took bones, him by the lapels. <laughs> I also think bones may at this point have. I mean, he's got experience testing to see whether Kirk is really dead post-engagement with an angry Vulcan, so maybe he's got his own special test developed for that. Okay, that's crazy on a number of levels, that this is the second time that Spock has actually killed Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising. Let's just, yeah, I'm going to say that again. (laughs) This is the second time that Spock has killed Kirk. I don't know. I'm going to maintain my position that this is a crazy, like, this plan is not solid, sound, or, and it has way too many things that could go wrong with it. I think that actually the Romulan commander having a thing for Spock was an unnecessary, it was a complication that they had to but suddenly. a sexy complication. A very sexy complication, but I think it was one that they didn't expect and that they had to sort of scramble to adapt to. Yes. I'm going to go back on even my further point and say this is the greatest plan that they've ever come up with. You know what? The way, the fact that they actually had anticipated almost everything is pretty impressive for Except that the Commodore was a lady. Well, they didn't know what ships were going to respond. Yeah. Yeah. They did react with, uh... And to no one's surprise, Enterprise Intel- Federation Intelligence is not as good as Romulan Intelligence, but honestly, who here thinks that it would ever be? No. I also enjoy a nice, like, alien seduction. Yeah. <laughs> I also really... <laughs> I'm sorry. I really <laughs> did enjoy the sexy date. Yeah, Sexy pink light. Yeah, Sexy drinks. Yes. Sexy dress. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sexy finger touching. <laughs> sexy face touching. <laughs> I am with you up to the point where they started fingering each other. And I, was like, I am deeply uncomfortable. By this. Like, I feel like we should have faded to black at least 10 much, seconds ago. Much sooner. <laughs> yeah. He starts like stroking and like caressing her giant ring which suddenly took on really sexual overtones that i couldn't quite pinpoint. i wonder if this is like the spock version of the incredibly uncomfortable looking kirk kiss all like the of, face-eating kirk all kiss. of kirk's kisses look uncomfortable because he grabs them by the back of the neck like yeah. hands up or in the their hair. hair and then just kind of takes them towards his gaping maw <laughs> 
My favorite Kirk move is just rubbing his lips back and forth across them. (laughs) (laughs) Like a cat. Okay, that is funnily uncomfortable, (laughs) but Spock and that lady, like, gently rubbing their fingers Two fingers it was, it up was and down each other's faces. Yes, it was. It was unco- I was more uncomfortable by the the you know the suggestion that the Romulan commander was so completely thrown over by Spock that she was just like, "Yes, take me now." Okay, I am going to cut her a little bit of slack because she is operating under the assumption that all Romans have is that Vulcans cannot lie. Yeah, which we know is only sort of true. Yeah. Also, he's not completely Vulcan. No, and he doesn't lie. He doesn't. He just doesn't disclose all of the truth. Yeah. He, so, play, he, so, he, he plays. plays he plays, he plays the game. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing so, the I game. Mean, yeah. I have no problem. I also have, I, like, I don't have a problem with Spock's actions in the show. I yes. have a problem with the show's narrative for the commander. That's fair. Oh yeah, she's bonkers. Yeah. She is bonkers and... However, there's another side of this where it's like, Romulans are all power hungry. Romulans are desperate for glory. So... She might actually be culturally biased to fall for this because she thinks it's a path to like greater advancement. If if that had been more developed, I would give yeah, it to you because I wanted capturing, more of it. capturing the yeah. Enterprise without damaging the Enterprise, with getting all the crew and yeah. having this fantastic prize to bring back and elevate her yeah. status in society, and she actually she does, does talk about it. They go through she that talks whole thing, through that. but it's not and I shown. I think that she is intending to use this seduction as a weapon to yeah, get him absolutely. on her side. Thinking that he's pretty much guileless because he can't yeah, lie. Yeah, he can't lie. And so she thinks, she thinks she I have presented you a logic, a logical argument as to why you should join us. Mm-hmm. You've accepted this and so now we're going to go into the boat. She zone. has culturally and, and intelligence wise, experience wise, she has no reason to suspect his motives. I don't know. I think she just expected him to change sides really fast. For well, no reason. Like, she kept offering him, like... Loyalty. I mean, her, her 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 initial offer to him is, like, you should have your own... Like, immediately, it's like, why are you second in command? You're this yeah. amazing Vulcan officer. You should have your own ship. Let me seduce you into your own ship. But here's I, one more thing. Is that she... One part of her argument, another part of her argument on top of, like, trying to offer him glory, which is something that would totally work for a Romulan, by the way. Yes. Is that there's... We know from later on, also, is that Romulans and Vulcans have some very solid preconceived notions about each other. Yes. That Vulcans are cold and, and emotionless and sterile, and that's all another thing that she offers to him is that, you know, Romulan ladies were not so obsessed with logic and we'll let you finger us anytime, anywhere. Yeah. So they see Rom they see Vulcans as they're they're secretly desperate to be allowed to have emotion yes. and to be like barbaric and, and savage is what she says. So she actually thinks that she's reading him super well. Because she's never met a Vulcan. So she knows that they have shared ancestors and she thinks that they just make a choice to be like that. But secretly underneath it, they're all really Romulans when you get down to it. So she's basically playing off of what she thinks is a Vulcan stereotype. A cultural bias, yeah. I still don't like this. And you know what? I actually really like the idea that all of her sort of, where where her judgment gets fuzzy near the end of this plotline is that she's getting carried away with her lust for power. It's like, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. So it's not, I mean, it's definitely played a lot in the show because, well, context, but as, as, oh, well, she's just, you know, her lady feelings are are clouding her judgment. But it could also, it's not. It's the lust for glory. Exactly. And Spock is just a stand-in for her, her, 
her inevitable rise to power. Yes, because imagine he's how a toy. That he's she, a prize that she's he won. He is the prize. Yeah. He is the one that she would take through the streets of Rome on her chariot yeah. in her victory yeah. parade. Look what I have Damn, done. I like this now. <laughs> I have turned one of them, yeah. one of our brothers who's been seduced by the Federation cause. Enslaved by sterile Vulcan nonsense. And I have brought him back into the fold Ooh, at my side. I really like her. God damn. Okay, I will go with you on this. <laughs> However, that was not developed well enough I don't. The text. I agree. It was not conveyed as well as disagree. I would have liked it to no. be, but I actually think that may have been part of the intention. If that was the intention, for me, it did not come across. It still came across as lady bamboozled by feelings. The first time I watched it, I was very angry, yeah. and I definitely got that. This time watching it, I was like, I actually like this. Because the other thing that I actually think supports this version is at the end when she's lost. Yes. She's not angry. She's impressed. Yeah. She's like, okay, I super respect your betrayal. That was amazing. You still betrayed me, but it's cool. The other part about what supports our argument that doesn't really exist is that <laughs> when she's captured, when all of the other Romulans kind of like, oh, dang, you got tricked. No one points the finger of blame. No. And no one has any reaction like, oh, how could you? How weak of you? Oh, no, it's women commander. It's just no one blinks an eye. Nope. When she's on the ship. Mm -hmm. And um, walking around in her little caftan with no her, shoes like, on. In her casual. Zero. Outfit. Zero difference in the way this that they treat her. This is my casual seduction. No, they still treat her like the commander. That, yeah. As if this is a play that she's done. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I did appreciate that everybody still treated her like the commander. I don't think there was time for the blame to come up because it was all very action, 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 go, go, go. We're marching to, to solve the problem. There's a, for sure, but okay, at the very end, when the Romulans are chasing the Enterprise and Kirk comes on to say, ha ha, we have your Commodore. There isn't the moment of the guy, the Romulan sort of commander going, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, but because that's, because she immediately screams, blow up the Enterprise. There's, no, there's a moment of him being like, okay. And then, she, yes, she, she has immediately. Her, her amazing boss moment where she's like, fucking blow it to pieces. Yeah. I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> the more I talk about this, the more in my yeah. head, the, the narrative that I've yeah. built for her, I really enjoy. Well, yeah. and, I'm not, and I'm not disagreeing with any yeah. of this. I'm just saying that I think it could have you been guys are headcanoning this a lot. And I think that the text does not I don't go know. as far as you guys I, are going. And because at the quite. very end, she's like, well, how could you? No, she says, how, what kind of person are you to do this? That, that he, and I, read and I that, think it, that he was able to lie. Yeah, I read that as, wow, I really misjudged you. And his, but his answer, his answer is, I'm the first officer of the Enterprise, which is like her, yes. him, which is him being like, why the frack did you even question my loyalty in the first place? I read that as kind of snotty, actually, because she <laughs> made what was actually a pretty reasonable judgment if you believe that Vulcans can't lie. She appealed to him as the individual, not yeah. realizing that he prizes his duty above that of his individual Loyalty is beliefs. an emotion. Yes. So there's actually no reason to believe that his loyalty would trump his logic. It's like an evil mirror-verse. Yeah. In mirror-verse. Where he's loyal to a point, but if you're able to present a logical argument for yeah. him as to why not 
to be loyal. He will definitely turn. He would take it. Or or that is the assumption that people make about Vulcans. Yeah. So in, in Mirrorverse, it's like, yes, you're kind of loyal to Kirk because you don't want to be king because kings get killed. But here's the deal. Logically, and we need to look at this on the long term, the Empire is going to fall. So there's no point in being loyal to the Empire anymore. Right. So his loyalty shifts. Yeah, but that's the Mirrorverse. And I don't agree with this thing that she... I don't... I don't, I don't think I agree with you guys here. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I don't think I agree with you here. That's so, fine. We presented an amazing argument. We did. Please do write it's in letters saying that we were right. Yes. Okay, so this starts with one of Bones' super uh, fun log entries where he's basically like, so Kirk's acting like a dick again. So can you imagine being the poor, poor, like... Underling at Starfleet, yeah. who gets these weekly entries yeah. from everyone on the Enterprise going, gee, Kirk's being really mean to me today, and dutifully, <laughs> like, writing this down. Oh, I can't imagine. That would chart be the somewhere. worst job ever. Yeah. So, Kirk's been acting like a dick, all impatient and bizarre, and refusing to be psych profiled uh for there is a great moment because yeah. Chekhov's like here's my report Kirk takes like a scan of it and is like write a better report he's yeah. like he's like your opinions don't agree with my opinions make your opinions agree with mine yeah i loved it um and then he promptly orders the, <laughs> to the new zone what no he kind of like well, he stomps at everyone he stomps around at everyone. everyone he's like Spock! Give me those scan reports. And he's like, I gave you the scan reports. Yeah, that was the past. This is now. <laughs> Which it's I like he want wants to make sure he pisses off everyone. And he's doing a good job. Yeah. But yeah. And then next mood swing it is. We're going into the neutral zone. Uh, the neutral zone? Asks everyone politely. <laughs> yeah. The best part is that Kirk, like, throws up his hands in the air and is like, who's captain here? And Sulu takes this side look over at Chekhov, like, fuck. <laughs> Again? What is this guy's deal? Well, my favorite part of this is Scotty comes marching up to the bridge, and it's just like, Hora, when did this order come? And Hora's like, it didn't. And Scotty's like, well, fuck. <laughs> There's this very, like, genteel mutiny that goes on directly yeah. behind his back yeah. and in earshot. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm sorry, do you want to share with the class? <laughs> it's, it's, this is a stupid opening. It is a really terrible opening because it, yeah, it's a terrible opening. Here's, a, here's another thing I didn't get. So they cross into the neutral zone. Promptly, of course, ships show up because they're yeah. not morons. Yeah. And there's this weird thing where they're like, oh, it's a Klingon ship. And Spock tells them, oh, it's fine. They're now using Klingon technology in the Romulan Empire. I feel like they'd run out of cash. And they could yeah. And they recycled a shot. And they're like, well, this explanation is as good as any. Yep. It's very bad. Yeah. It's a bad cold open because what they are trying to establish and what the Starfleet record is trying to establish, like this is the whole point of this charade, yeah. is that he's going insane. Yeah. yeah. Like he's losing it. So I feel like they needed a bigger moment, like him acting wildly out of character rather than just peeved. Yeah. Yeah. And it it it's I think it's an annoying cold open because we know like, something's obviously going on yeah. because Kirk doesn't yeah. behave like this. And it's like, we're, n I don't think we're actually, ex are we actually expected as the audience to believe that Kirk's gone crazy? Well, I, I, I don't mind that. 
if if that's the, the your cold open thing. That's fine. Has Kirk gone mad? But I think if you're going to do that, you need to go, has Kirk gone mad? Like, kick it up 50 notches yeah, and have, have a screaming him, fit on the bridge. Yeah, have him throw his coffee in someone's face. Like, come on. You have to make it really big or else yeah, the stakes are so like, low that it's just confusing that he's just, in a bad mood. This was just yeah. like, his time of the month is coming off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, when yeah. every little thing about something makes you angry. Just, my tolerance like, for you is really yes, low right and now. And you're irrationally angry at everyone and you're just like, why am I so angry? And they're like, Oh, right. Oh, yes. Hormones. Whereas, that's exactly what this came off on. Yeah. yeah. No one did a bad job. He's just saying, be better. Yeah. At your jobs. I think later on in the episode when you see him in the Romulan ship and he's like, oh, kind yes. of catatonic yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's sort of yes. sitting there and staring and a little twitchy. If they had had something kicked up more like that where he was yes. sort of sitting in his chair. I wanted him to flip over a desk. Yeah. Like, flip, flip over it table, over. Yeah. <laughs> or like, someone in the pants. Or like when he loses it on Spock initially. Oh yeah, that's great. That's like, he does convincing. a lot of eyeball acting, which is yeah. like a Shatner bulge, bulge, bulge. Yeah. Like, I love all of that. His eyes are really hazel in this episode too. Yeah. We saw a lot of them because they were doing crazy darts. But yeah, I feel like we needed a bigger, like, bolder, like, oh my gosh, is is this, are we going to need to, like, mutiny to save the captain from himself again? Um, like, <laughs> we needed a big moment of crisis to make this a better question rather than him just being, like, disappointed in your work. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, anyways, they go into the neutral zone because, of course, they go into the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, three more ships, three ships appear and Kirk turns on Spock and he's like, how the fuck did those ships sneak up on us? Because about two seconds before he hit Spock to check to see if there were any ships in the area. Space? Like, it's space. Yeah, Things it's happen space. fast. They can come from any direction. Like, within yeah. a parsec Yeah, or so, yeah, they go in there, they go into the neutral zone, and Spock essentially says, are you happy now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, credits? Credits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Written by DC Fontana. Was it? Yes! And that is one of the things that I, I kind of love, is you have a great, a, an episode with a really great, complex female character. Written by our for our girl DC. Mm-hmm. See, now I'm actually See, thinking I actually all feel of like our that things are support. totally correct because yeah. it was DC Fontana, and yep. I believe that she was yep. thinking about 100%. that. One hundred percent for sure. So Kirk says, "Send Starfleet our diaries." Okay, so that's that's the plan, right? Mm-hmm. That they've yeah. established and that Bones we has made done his diary entry. They, they, they've made it in, and the mm-hmm. ships appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, well, they're not in the neutral zone; they're actually in Romulan oh, yeah. space. Yeah, they, they crossed, crossed over the all the way through. Yeah, guys. but yeah, so that's like evidence one. So even if we get killed, you know for sure that, that something the is up. technology exists. Yeah, and yeah. That they, they have the plausible into, deniability yeah. that Kirk is acting weird yeah. Yeah. as diagnosed by his medical officer. So yeah. That's the plan. Okay, that's fine. We're okay with this plan, Kim? This plan, yes, I'm fine. Okay. I think there were stages to the plan. I think they were like, let's see if we can get this far. If this works, we'll try another one. I don't know. Mm, I think too no. much of the plan risks the entire Enterprise being blown to shit. Well, there would true. have been significant diplomatic fallout if anyone but the Enterprise had blown up the Enterprise. And, like, they were planning on releasing the crew. Remember? I would argue that all of this is means to start war. Like, yeah. like uh, you went into space, I, you stole my stuff, and the, then you ziggied out. There yeah. is, like, I think there is probably a better way to confirm cloaking technology than just driving your flagship straight into Ron. <laughs> but space. they would never know because they're cloaked, Kim. You would yeah. never know that they were there. Yeah. Try it with this beam. In fact, the fact that they just decloaked right in front of the Enterprise is actually kind of stupid. Yeah, they should have just exploded it. I'll, honestly, if yeah. I wanted to try this, I would send out like a long-range shuttle and have it have some actual verifiable instrument malfunction that is near a fair the point. social zone, drift into Romulan space, and send out a distress call, and then see what happens. I wonder how they probably be exploded. 
I wonder how long it would take to cross the neutral zone, though. I mean, surely Romulan ships would enter the neutral zone to stop the shuttle before it could make its way in, rather than just turning towards the neutral zone and booting it. So and it I takes like two seconds. I don't know whether the shuttle would have enough long-range sensors to send the message back to Starfleet, or a ship that was... And it would be suspicious that there was a ship waiting on the other side. And why like, is the shuttle wandering out all by, all by itself near the neutral zone? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying... There is better ways, I think, than flying your flagship into Romulan space. I love it. It's bold. Also, it's Kirk grassy. has lost his mind is actually a pretty good explanation for why the fucking yeah, flagship like if is here. Yeah, if the captain goes crazy, because yeah. we know he has beefs with everyone. What drives yes. the starship? He has many beefs. Yeah, yes. so and many I'm, beefs. And I'm okay with this as a cover for pl- plausible deniability. I'm just saying. That's fine. It's really risky. It is really so, risky. So, risk is our business. Oh, God, don't give me that. And on the screen, it's Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy's hair, this guy's makeup, this guy's outfit is all fabulous. You know what? I actually really like the Romulan outfits from this era. These ones, not the I love their ones. aesthetics. I love their aesthetics. And I actually like that you can actually, you can see a line from these ones to the what we have later on with, like, the giant shoulder pads and the I do love a big shoulder pad. Hmm. Um... Because I also really enjoy their huge uh, blue eyeshadow and their dedication to eyeliner for all. Yes. I really loved the commander's winged eyeliner on top of her extreme blue eyeshadow with her her eyebrows. Yep. Yeah. Double wings. Um, (laughs) Yes, they had double wings. Yeah. And so uh, Ziggy Stardust has, like, the biggest hair. And I think it's, like, powdered gray or something like that. Some commander towel, by the way. Yeah. Sure, fine. And he, what is their outfits? It's kind of like they've got, it's like houndstooth. It's like, a, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a weird, it almost looks like scales in a way. It's, it's something slightly metallic-y. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I think it's supposed to, again, invoke armor, like the same yeah. way yeah. the ones did in season yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but this time they all have one colored side, like one side is colored. It looks like it's, like it's like a pinned sash. on. It's like an like over half sash. outfit. Yeah. yeah. It almost looks, yeah. And I think they have different colors for rank. Yes. And yeah. how long your sash is. Yes. The sash is actually really interesting and it, I'm kind of sad they didn't keep this into the next gen era because the sash reminds me very much, I can't remember what it's called, but the, with Roman, with actual Roman, like, generals and stuff, the more, the higher up and more powerful they were, the sillier their uniforms were. <laughs> and they had, like, different cloaks. Oh, yeah? And, with different arrangements, depending on who you were. Yeah. So the, this, this sash makes zero sense at all, but looks really cool. It's actually quite solid when you look at their parallels with the Roman Empire. And that when Kirk beams over, they were able to immediately identify his rank from his outfit. Mm-hmm. Which... We'll get to it, but Scotty gleefully strips off the other rope. Yeah. <laughs> it will be my pleasure. Yeah. So, like, there's clearly some visual cues, and the original series was actually pretty good about this, about there being visual differences based on the power level of the person wearing the costume. Yes, because she has a pink sash. Also, the shortest miniskirt I think we've seen to date. I was actually really disappointed when, she when we finally up. panned back and got a few volts full view of her outfit yeah. and it was a mini skirt. I yeah. was really disappointed. I'm glad they stopped doing that later. Her acrobatics that she has to perform to stand up and sit down on things without flashing the camera are truly inspiring. Yeah. yeah. She, so she also is, has she also has that sort of train in the back that I think yes. might actually cover the bottom edge of her skirt. There are a couple of moments in the episode where I actually see her yanking down mm-hmm. on the dress a little bit. Yeah. Just when to when get it's her... like her waist at the bottom of the screen. Yes. The, just to um, get her to like cover, I don't even know what. Because yeah. the men, the male officers, their sash comes down the front. 
Yeah. Yes. Hers goes in both directions. Yeah. I assume for modesty reasons. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't understand why. Like, I mean, okay, whatever. It's the 60s and she's the female guest star, so she has yes. to be in something revealing. Mini were but, like, technically. it would have made more sense. Like, yeah, if you want to put her in a dress, put her in a floor length. So she sweeps dramatically along. Put her in pants with a cape. Like, I hated, hated that she was in a miniskirt. But a miniskirt has, miniskirt has different connotations Very for different. us than it did for them in yeah. the 60s. A miniskirt was a liberated woman. It was very progressive. So it doesn't mean the same thing as it does to us. That said, I would have preferred her in pants for pure practical reasons. Or I also, for the same reason. Yeah, or a robber. For the same reason. I, think <laughs> I don't say that lightly. <laughs> I do not say I that lightly. Um, but I, I, for the, for the same reason, I think a floor length skirt would have been less practical because it would have made her less able to kick people in the head. It kind of made her look like, you know, like the training outfits that they do for the Romans and the Greeks, yeah. right? Yeah. That it's a, it's a short practical outfit that yeah. you can run in. I mean, if you're yes. not afraid of flashing but your this vagina was, to but everyone. this was not practical for running in Well, movements. it could have been. If we don't, she weren't worried about covering anything She probably the had dance pants on under that. And you know what? It would have bothered me a lot less if everyone was wearing a tiny little skirt. Oh, yeah. The men definitely should have been wearing tiny skirts 100%. as well. Yeah, yeah. Commit to tiny skirts. Mm-hmm. All skirts for or everyone none. or skirts for no one. Yes. <laughs> All or none. So, uh... I also don't believe that the Romulan Empire allows that much creativity in your outfit choices. That's true. So they have mandated tiny skirts for all the Commodores. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So Bowie Romulan is like, okay, you can either surrender or be destroyed. And... Sorry, a lot of this bothers me. Kirk just kind of like waves his hand impatiently to have a private conversation. And then Bowie Romulan answers a phone call in the middle of their conversation. Like, how fucking rude is that? Well, (laughs) just a moment. I've got someone on the other line. This was actually interesting, though, because... Um, the fact that they don't have, like, out loud fucking intercoms like the Enterprise does. In every way, the Romulans are superior to they the are. <laughs> they, In every know, way. When you better get ra- gender equality? Yeah. Better technology? When you, get, when you get a potentially sensitive radio call, like, intraship radio call on a Romulan ship, you get a fucking earbud. Do we ever actually see any what they're picking up? Or yeah, is it, it just looks their... like a radio dial. Yeah, or like a like the old television. So, like dial you know, the, the enemy alien standing in your conference room can't hear the other end of the call. Crazy. You know what? Starfleet should really consider that because they have a lot of information, just like for free to everyone. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole thing in Next Gen about how they just trust the people on their ship. Well, they shouldn't. They probably shouldn't. History, three seasons of original <laughs> series has shown you that you shouldn't. Yeah. So they give them an hour. So, Kim, there's your ticking clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not a really great ticking Especially clock. Especially since it's immediately exhausted. Yeah. Also, was this the part where... Oh, no, it wasn't the part where... Never mind. Keep going. So they have a space meeting. I do like a good space meeting, except for this one I was distracted again by Scotty's hair. Who is doing that to him? I don't know. They're taking the entire mop on his head and just shoving it all backwards, like rockabilly engineer. He's got, like, four bumpets in there. Um, so here's where we get the answer to what the fuck has been going on, if we've been paying attention at all, because they're like, Spock says... So, the Romulans have definitely developed cloaking technology. <laughs> yes. Thanks and for if sharing. anyone watching this episode hadn't yet worked out what the purpose of this, like, charade was, there it is. Well, Bones didn't. Bones has no idea what's going on. Bones, Bones is a bit dense. Yeah. 
Like, I hate to point... No, well, he, I do like pointing fingers. Speaking of character, people who let their personal feelings get in the way of their professional judgment. He's the worst. He is very bad. Yep. Speaking of people, like, having their time, uh, Bones is definitely ornery as hell in this episode. Yeah. Someone called... And later in the episode, someone calls over and is like, hey, there's a, there's someone from, it's either Spock or Kirk that is in medical distress. Can you go over and help? And he's like, I don't do house calls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. What? You're a doctor. That's yeah. part of the oath. <laughs> and like, if I were in his shoes, I would have been like, oh no, someone's hurt. Thank you for doing us the courtesy of asking for their own doctor to come over. Exactly. And them. exactly. Even if it wasn't one of like Kirk or Spock, he still should a be a doctor. Like, he is oh, a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm not I should happy go about help, it, but I'll fucking go. His thing is, no, I don't like to travel. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Kirk essentially lays out their options of what's going to happen. And Spock kind of lets slip in front of Bones, who has clearly is not listening to anything no. on this ship. No. Does not have his ear to the ground. Does not have his ear anywhere. And Spock's like, oh yeah, the captain orders the orders into the Romulan space and Bones throws his head back and is like, what? You ordered us? <laughs> you don't have the authority to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he does. He does. Like, I mean, not to enter the neutral zone, but to tell the ship where to go. It's true. At this point, I had a moment of like, is Kirk possessed? <laughs> you said that out loud, actually. I enjoyed, this is the part, though, that I enjoyed where Spock confronts Kirk about yes. their crossing into the neutral zone yeah. and just yes. lays out really straight up, you did a shit thing. Yeah, you're acting crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Did everyone hear that? Crazy. Crazy. C-R-A-Z-Y. <laughs> It did not work the way I wanted to. No. Anyway, so the Romulans call them on the cell phone. Yeah. Also, the fact is that in their space staff room, they have what can only be described as a triangular TV mm-hmm. that has screens that face to the side, to the side, and to the front. So us viewing at home can also see the telephone. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was very kind of them. Yeah, very helpful. <laughs> yes. And the Commodore apparently, they're sorry, the Commander, I'm going to call her the Commodore interchangeably and I don't care. I eventually just started calling her Romcom. Romulan commander oh my god that's amazing okay so other than the beautiful first name that she whispered sweetly that we do not get to hear do we get any name for her other than the commander she's the commander you know what I like that so do I yeah I do too she's the boss she is the boss her underlings and enemies you don't need to know her first name (sighs) yeah or apparently her last name (laughs) you need no name well they they just you know well it's like Caesar you don't need anything else he's Caesar the Caesar you know yep which I like. Apparently, the rom-com wants to trade. Wants to see them. She wants to see Spock and Kirk. And Kirk's like, why should I agree to that? And she's like, it's fine. I'll send you some hostages. See, this is the other thing that I didn't like about them agreeing to go over. It's like, way to agree to an unequal hostage exchange. <laughs> she's sending you two, like, two janitors. But you and know you're what? sending over the first officer I, and the do captain. Do you know what, though? I bet that they were at least officers. And here's another thing that actually supports the whole Kirk fakes his death thing is actually being relatively solid because I bet you because anything. Because they send over the guys in the right outfit. And I bet you anything that this is another thing that is like traditional Romulan military yeah. honor code thing. So it's like if you are going to demand that someone come over and like meet you in your office, you have to send hostages. And I, I, I agree with you, Ari, as I have, sorry, Kim, this entire episode, um, <laughs> is that because when Kirk, when Scotty strips that guy yeah. and Kirk puts on the outfit, which fits surprisingly well, 
um, is that everyone, it's a high enough rank yeah. that other people on the ship listen to yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But, okay. And you guys, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I actually like, I like your vision. I don't <laughs> think that it is supported enough in the text of the I episode. Disagree. I hear what you're saying, but I strongly disagree. <laughs> I think so far, everything that has happened so far has been like, well, they know enough about Romulan culture and Romulan military culture that they knew what she would be required to do by their policies. Yes. So yeah, they're going to do a swapty swap. Mm-hmm. And Kirk's last words to Scotty are like, hey, if if we die, you can't live without us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scotty, in fairness, is the one in the space meeting who's like, we can't let them get the Enterprise. That would be a giant security breach. Well, yes. Also, he doesn't want the Romulans putting their dirty, pointy-eared hands all over his pretty ship. It's great. So the, they beam over to the other ship. The Romulans beam over. They've got their weapons drawn. And Scotty just puts his hands on his hip like a sassy best friend and is like, huh. Yeah. <sighs> Why the attitude, Scotty? You flew, you flew into their house. I have a theory about that, yeah. actually, about the way he reacts specifically when, like, the gun-toting Romulans beam into the... I think that they have a force field up around the transporter chamber, and they beam onto the ship with their guns drawn in the sky. He's like, what are you going to do with those now? Okay, I'm switching over allegiances to Kim for it's this. Just, it's just I an idea. I strongly disagree. Stretch, it's just an idea. Bullshit. It's because, a bad idea. Because people have, like willy-nilly gone on and off the transporter pad for episodes. There's yeah. nothing to stop them. No. Contagions well, get when, on. Well, mostly when bad guys on, onto the ship, they don't use the get on. Room. You're trying too hard to make the Enterprise staff competent at everything. And well, you it's just, just otherwise, the way he reacts is really strange. It's a strange reaction. It is. Glad we got there. So, they're on the Romulan ship. We get this amazing reveal where we see the back of uh, the... head? Yes, yeah. the head of the commander with, like, dark hair. And then there's just like swivel chair. This is a Bond it's like, movie whoop, whoop, chair whoop. swivel. It's yeah. pretty. It's great. a lady. Yeah. That's amazing. I loved everything about that. I I loved her. Yes. I loved the casting of the actress. Mm-hmm. Yes. I appreciated that she was. She looks old. She's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She looks older than Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like she has the experience and the authority yeah. to be in command. Yeah. She is like. She's not like. A wrinkled old crone, but like but she's, also not she's got age on her she's, face and experience, and she's confident. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I loved her; she was fantastic. She's not an ingenue, no. She, you feel like she's got the gravitas, and that she is a seasoned soldier who has mm-hmm. seen things. Yep, and she's not stupid. No, no. like I know we disagree about. Her certain actions, but at no point in the episode is she stupid. No, no. She knows why they're there. She doesn't really buy what's going on. She doesn't buy their story, and she tries to use the tools that she has. She's interested that Spock is there because, again, she fundamentally believes that he cannot lie. She, yeah, she, I like that she was kind of like, oh god, a, a Vulcan. I was not expecting a Vulcan. Yes. And just like, they weren't expecting a woman, yes. she wasn't expecting you know a what? Vulcan. The actress was, in fact, three years older than William Shatner. So I'm actually really impressed by this. She was a great cast. Who's the actress? What's her name? Joanne Linville. Joanne Linville. What else has she been in? She seemed familiar to she me. She looked like uh, Emily Gilmore. Born, <laughs> Guiding Light. A bunch of things. 60s. Yeah, maybe that's what I was getting. Is I was getting Emily yeah. Gilmore she vibes. She reminded of me so strong of Emily Gilmore. I was that's like, well, if Emily Gilmore was in charge of a spaceship, it would be decorated in hot pink. Oh, it definitely would. <laughs> With um, that bangle mirror? Can we talk about that bangle mirror, like, at length? <laughs> <laughs> when we get there. Thank you so much. Um, can we talk about her uniform a little bit? We've yeah, already talked about it, away, it a little mm-hmm. bit more. Take it, take but it. She's got, like, a her her one sleeve 
She's got a pink sleeve with a pink mm-hmm. cape. Mm-hmm. And it's the mini skirt, which I don't like, but she's yeah. also wearing like knee high black leather like boots. Thigh high. Yeah. yeah. And her, I couldn't see it very well, but I think one of her pink sashes has got black fringe on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, but also her sleeves had thumb holes. Oh, I like that. Around, around her thumbs to like hold them in place. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I do like that she coordinated her entire boudoir with her sash. That's true. She's yeah. the commander. Yeah. I, I guess. Like, like if we, you can. If you're going to theme something, theme it to your power. <laughs> <laughs> this is, after all, her power base, this room. That's true. It's really great because Kirk has this cockamamie story about, oh, you know, there's instrument failure. We just suddenly found ourselves here through failure of instruments. And she's like, yeah. That's a beautiful pile of bullshit that you just shoveled onto my desk. <laughs> yeah. Now get out of my room, child. Yeah. 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 There's uh, there's this great exchange that she has where she's like, yeah, so this is for sure espionage. And he's like, no, I'm not spying. She's like, mm, I don't know your language, so well. maybe there's another word for what you're doing here that isn't <laughs> espionage, but it's very close to espionage and has the same meaning as espionage. <laughs> I loved her. She is great. Yeah. And Kirk's all like, oh, hands wave. Oh, no. And she's like, you are not the injured party here. I love that line. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I thought it was great. And then she sort of hand wave him, hand waves him off into a corner and calls Spock in. Because she, they know about Spock. Yeah. The Romulans, again, have way better intel than anyone yeah. else in the Federation. They know about Spock. Yeah. They know that he is a Vulcan, and they kind of refer to that same origin story. I, yeah, yeah. I had a few moments of watching this scene to start with, where I thought, like, have these has she met Spock yes, before? Yes, 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 yes. I yes. was like, I was kind of half like expecting her to have been like, it was really great, you know. We met each other once at the diplomatic reception yes. at some point, and I was like, what is happening? Yeah. But no, it was just she knew of him from intelligence reports. But I feel like, again, to support my our crazy headcanon theory, is that she has followed his career out of curiosity. Well, that makes sense. I mean, Romulans are all basically spies. So, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, he would have been... <laughs> wow! Hey, it's a great true. statement. Certainly in the so military. Much. But, like, you have to think that, for one, like, the son of the Vulcan ambassador to Starfleet would at least yeah. have a base level of celebrity. Especially in a culture that is obsessed with keeping track of other cultures, like yeah, and, and, and following people in family careers, yeah, and his family is very well to do, and he joined Starfleet, and he's not in it's charge a of it. Yeah, so I can completely believe that she knows of him. Yeah, and I think she'd be. I again, in my crazy head again, I think she'd be fascinated by that. Yeah. Why aren't you taking power? You and she does say this: you are a superior being yeah. to them. You're smarter. Mm-hmm. You're stronger. Why do you let yourself be bossed around by these inferior beings? I think she's interested yeah. in that. And she's interested in him. And Well, especially given the way that promotions work in a Romulan ship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but also because he is an alien in that culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's constantly away from the rest. Oh my god, I'm getting more hand cannon. <laughs> he is constantly the other to a ship full of humans. Yeah. Just as she is a woman commander in a ship full of men, because we see no other women here. Yeah. Yes, and I really enjoyed the part where she asks him, do you identify as Vulcan yeah. or Terran? To and whom he, is your allegiance? Yeah, and she's, he says, I am Vulcan. But there's and, a pause yeah. there, too. When she asks him that. I mean, we get the constant, like, ongoing struggle of Spock. It's like, he, he definitely consciously identifies his Vulcan. But when she asks him that question, there's just sort of, like, a flicker of a pause. And he's probably just thinking, like, what should I answer to be canny? But, yeah, Vulcan. I don't 
don't know. I feel like they connect on some level yeah. as people who constantly have to have their guard up mm -hmm. and who are constantly distanced from the rest of their crew. Mm -hmm. Just because of who they are. She is the commander, so she's not of them. She doesn't, I'm sure she doesn't invite them all over to her boudoir for sexy drinks. No. Um, and Spock is, you know, not human. He's always a little bit different. People always look at him a little bit differently than they do anyone else. So I think that, again, they do, I believe that they honestly do have some sort of oh, emotional yeah, absolutely. connection. And and Spock does say it by the end of the episode. Like it wasn't it wasn't all Yeah. Yeah, it was fine, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with that interpretation. Kirk yes. is very puzzled by her sudden interest in Spock, but what she tells Kirk is, Oh well, the other thing about Vulcans is everyone knows they can't lie. And she actually asks Spock to his face, Is that true? <laughs> and he's like Technically. At this point Kirk realizes that he is boned. Yeah. But I I think well, fake Kirk. Fake Fake the role of Kirk. Crazy Kirk. Yes. Crazy Kirk. Kirk in the role is Crazy Kirk. Well, I like the, the line that Spock gives her here is it's not a lie to keep the truth to oneself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so calculated. Like, uh-huh. And in the background, Kirk actually flinches. <laughs> yep. Like, visibly flinches. Bless his heart. Like, oh, shit. This was actually really impressive, the acting that both of them do, given that most of the time that they are acting, they can't even look at each other in the face. No, it's, it's a They're really well shot, really well. interesting scene it's for well all of them. Mm -hmm. And so she knows that he is loyal to Kirk in a way because she talks about, you know, the Vulcan mm -hmm. honor and integrity. And so she's like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to torture the captain because it doesn't work on Vulcans and he'll be dead and then, or worse than dead? What is worse than dead? Well, I assume they mean like alive but in super, super pain mm. or brain dead. Actually, they reference that at least once in DS9, Romulan torture interrogation methods possibly killing humans. I don't know. Anyways. So, Spock spills the beans, because he just can't help himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kirk's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we weren't ordered in. Kirk just lost his mind. He's an insane glory hound. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> that he has a craving for glory, which... Leads me to believe that Spock was in on the plan all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah Spock 100%. was definitely in on the plan. Because, again, if he had powered into the neutral zone, saying, it's my chance to really shine and show everyone what a great captain I am, yeah. again, would have been a better Spock would have stopped him better. before. Yeah. We, we know how good he is at mutiny. Yeah. <laughs> Spock, arguably, is the most experienced mutineer in Star Wars. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Mutinies more than anyone. <laughs> it's true. At which point Kirk goes full crazy Kirk saying, You filthy liar! I kill you! I kill you! Yeah. Oh, so, so good. Yeah. So they uh, haul Kirk away and Romcom calls the Enterprise. So you're under arrest. And it's all Spock's fault. Yep. Uh, Spock's told me everything. Uh, we're going to, you're going to, we're going to escort you. So he's you again to, trying to yep. put distance between the rest of the crew and, and Spock, Spock so he feels isolated. Yep. At the same time though, I thought this was a very good reaction on her part to finding, like, this is a very reasonable, measured reaction to what has just yes. happened. That you're all under arrest. No one will be hurt. We'll take you back. You'll be released to the Federation. I'm keeping the ship. Yeah. I thought very it was, like, sensible. I thought it was an extremely, it was. like, very even level measured reaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't think this plan could have necessarily accounted for that reaction. 
from I a commander. I think it's probably in a treaty somewhere. Yeah. I think that's so much conjecture and stretching you, so much. Kim, they have a treaty. Most treaties <gasps> involve things like exchanges of prisoners. <gasps> And engagements in battle yes, is a completely reasonable assumption. Thinking about like cold war politics, at everything the time. is very mean but very polite. Like bridge of spies, yeah. level of stuff. Oh yeah, the exchange on the bridge. Yeah, the exchange on the bridge. Like, yeah. Yes, this is absolutely. We found your technology and the pilot inside. Yeah, and thank you so much. We'll give them back to you. Eventually. I guess. Yeah. Oh, it, you know what? So, I, I've never, I, I'm never going to agree that this isn't a shitty plan. I think it's supported both by the text and the context in which the episode was written. I would also like to point out, they put the Romulan hostages in the brig immediately, which I feel is not very sportsmanlike. It's they, not. They only put them in the bridge brig, sorry, once they call and tell that everybody is under arrest. Then Scotty calls and says... Put those put those Romulans in the brig. Yeah, they were like in guest quarters or having That's dinner true. or something. Before because that. the sexy commander is like, okay, and we're gonna go for a sexy dinner with Lou. <laughs> Let me take you on a tour of my ship. Isn't it nice? Except for Kirk because he's crazy. Yeah. Um. And Scotty's like, <laughs> Romulan's like, are humans gross and weak? <laughs> they are. Yeah. And Fox's like, you know, I'm half human, right? <laughs> It's true. It's She's like, that's nice, way. but it's time for seduction. <laughs> How long have you been living with those shitty humans? 18 years? Wouldn't you prefer something a little bit more pointy? <laughs> and yeah. she implies that he has not been offered command uh, in Starfleet because of the prejudice against him. I feel like she makes a good play here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the... Well, Spock has an immediate reaction of, I don't want to be in command, which we've actually seen from Spock before, haven't we? Well, yeah, in the Mirrorverse. In Mirrorverse. Okay. Does he actually say that in the scene? I must have missed yes, it. Yes, he does. He says, I don't desire command. Hmm. Well, I think he phrases it in such a way is that it's not something that I want right now. No, and she, he, asks, she asks him, have you ever thought about why they have enough of you command? Don't you think you should be in charge? And he says, it has occurred to me from time to time. Yeah. So he's kind of... He's playing along. He's wondered about it. At which point she breaks into the song from Aladdin, I can show you the world. <laughs> There's also no reason for her to imagine that anyone wouldn't want power if they could get their hands on it because cultural bias. Yeah. And humans do want power. Humans super want power. We do. We're just so awful. So she drapes herself over that chair. Okay, so I love this part, the chair draping, because Romulans, from now on, continue to use this command style. (laughs) I'm just going to drape myself over this chair, this wall, this bulkhead, because I am secure in my surroundings, and that's how you know I'm in charge. I did like her powerful, yeah, called it powerful lounging. Yeah, (laughs) power lounging. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. no, when you put it that way, I'm like, yeah. And and Romulan commanders that we see from here on continue to do this. It's amazing. I really enjoy that. She must be so proud of her legacy. Yeah. She handles herself very well, as opposed to Kirk, who gets locked in the brig and immediately electrocutes himself (laughs) by throwing himself up against the wall like a dog in a pet Flings himself screaming into the force on the brig cell and passes out. Yes. Uhura calls McCoy, and here's the moment where she's like, (laughs) there's someone in medical distress. No thanks. (laughs) I'm on my break. And she's like, well... Kirk is hurt. I don't make house calls. <laughs> no, no. Captain Kirk. <laughs> yeah, I know who it was. Uh, He's the worst doctor ever. <laughs> He's really a kind of t- 
terrible character when you think about yes. it. Yes! He's, like, such a jerk. Yes! He is the worst doctor ever. So, back to the ship where Rom-Com is like, attend me. And so yeah. they walk <laughs> off down the ship together, practically skipping and holding hands. And she is like, so I'm going to seduce you over dinner. How's, How's that? that? And he's like... No guards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are the guards invited to here? Oh, and the second the guards are gone, he turns he's down like, the oh, forbidden corridor. This, yeah. This is a suspiciously red lit corridor <laughs> that clearly has secure equipment down at the end of it. And then it's also a metaphor. Yes. Definitely yeah. a metaphor. The forbidden corridor. <laughs> the forbidden corridor, which is how I'm referring to my lady parts. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> also, if you have a forbidden corridor, why light it? <laughs> Yeah. So everybody knows it's forbidden. Well, maybe right? it's like their security lights? I don't how know. How so? No it's idea. It's mostly just dramatic lighting to see how forbidden it's it is. It's dramatic lighting and one guard. And yeah. One guy. So if he gets yeah. taken out, you know, That lighting is going to have to like really forebode you out of there. <laughs> um, and Spock's face is like, oh, so that's where the cloaking device is. Yes. And it's great. So McCoy somehow hustled his ass over there. Mm-hmm reluctantly. Yeah. And is reluctantly giving his medical opinion. Runs the craziometer over Kirk. Yes. (laughs) And says, okay, he's not mentally competent. He has feelings of persecution and rebellion. (laughs) So apparently he's going through puberty again. (laughs) Well, that would explain a lot about the moods. Yes. It's great because, so Rom-Com is like, oh, fantastic. Spock, you're in charge. At which point McCoy goes, traitor! You sell out. Although he's clearly worked it out by this point, so that's really I would, funny. Well, no, I, I think would he, hope so. he knows. Like Kirk yeah. told him as soon as he came in to do the so. exam. I yeah. hope so. I hope so. I hope he's a better actor than he is. I still doctor. maintain that he has some kind of fake Vulcan death detector at this point. The only officer in the fleet who has caused needs such a thing. It's true, because Kirk immediately goes to attack Spock for taking his ship. And he does some non-sexy Face grabbing. Face grabbing. Yeah. <laughs> like Spock just kind of like plants a face, like a hand on the middle of his head and like yes. holds it there for a while. And then slowly shoves him down to the floor. The other reason I think, yeah. So, I have a lot of feelings about Bones it. drops to his knees. It's a bad plan. Yeah. It um, is a plan. You killed him! Again. Again. <laughs> um, it declares did, him dead. Where did they come up with the Vulcan death grip? And wouldn't the Romulans know that there's no such thing as the Vulcan death? I wonder if the that Romulans also? don't know a lot about Vulcans no. because they think they can't lie. They just they could just ask them. They could straight up ask them. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, so I don't really like this part in sick bay. <laughs> Kirk's lying under a green death light. Green death light. Yeah. Chapel walks in. I suppose that opens the, his eyes. Yes. <laughs> I suppose that the green light is the light that they turn on, saying, "No need to treat this person anymore." <laughs> I think it's like a preservation light, so that he could be entombed Lenin style, or it was like some kind of wake up light. I don't know. Sure. Fine. Um, it's yeah. green to make him look pale and dead. There you go. Oh. So Chapel walks in. Yes. He flips open his eyes. She's, poor Chapel. Poor no one Chapel. tells Chapel anything. Well, to be fair, Bones also just comes in and goes, you weren't supposed to be in here. Yeah, I told no one That's to come in That's where here. she works. Yeah. She's a nurse. Yeah. That's where she works. I, I do feel bad for poor Chapel. So yeah. she just needs to tell her things. 
Mm-hmm. You think that she, like the head nurse would be privy to the secret ship goings on, but whatever. I'm pretty sure that in McCoy's performance evaluations every year, Chapel's kind of like feedback is better interdepartmental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so for a moment, I thought she was going to sleeping beauty him because <laughs> he's lying there and she kind of looks over all wistful and leans over his body. I was like, Oh, if it were Spock, I would definitely say oh, yeah, yes. For well, sure, appropriately. For sure. So, um, Bones is like, well, you know, now you should help me. And they wake him up and curse like my neck feels like it's been twisted off. And, and Bones is like, Oh, well, you know, next time don't tell Spock to give you the Vulcan death grip and Chapel, who is a Vulcan fangirl is like, there's no such thing as the Vulcan death grip. And they're like, but the Romulans don't know that. But how did they know that the Romulans didn't know that? I think it was just a gamble. Too many gambles in this plan. Well, I think, I think that they accepted it because they yeah. let, they thought he was dead rather yeah. than also, going. How in this time though did they make him appear dead? Because last time it was an injection of some sort of drug. He pinches thing. a nerve. Yeah, he said a nerve in pinch. his face. Sure. Fine. They use the word nerve pinch for a lot of different things when it comes That's to Vulcan true. superpowers. And so they finally decide to let Scotty play in the reindeer games. And yeah. they call him, McCoy, Bones calls him up and says, hey, Scotty, you need to come to Medical Bay. And Scotty's like, I'm no. A little busy. I'm busy. <laughs> Everyone here hates travel. And nobody wants to go well, anywhere. Everyone is so lazy. Like, you need to take an elevator, like, Four floors. I kind of, I don't, I, 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 I'm going to give it to Scotty this time because he's in command of the Enterprise. They're surrounded by Romulan ships in Romulan space. He's a little fucking busy to come down for a checkup. Actually, you know what? He shouldn't be leaving the bridge. Why is this a secret? Because immediately after this, he strolls in with like eyeliner up to his forehead. And Kirk? yeah. No, the rest of the crew doesn't oh, see Oh, the him. rest, they don't yeah. seem to the they very just They just let the crew in on it one person at a time. First it's Spock, then it's Bone. Much like the West Wing, where they all learn that President Bartlett has MS. Yes. Mm. Spoiler. <laughs> it's like from the nine. I know. I was being facetious. Okay, fine. Um, Scotty cannot pick up on social cues. Like, everyone no. in this oh, entire no. ship yeah. should take some courses. Yeah. So... During Scotty's elevator ride down to sick bay, uh, Bones has given him some cosmetic surgery. They did the face off yeah. uh, school of cosmetic <laughs> surgery. Scotty face walks in and there's off. yeah, and there's Kirk in Romulan makeup. He looks really good in heavy blue eyeshadow. <laughs> yes, he does. This is also reminding me. It's also the beginning of a long tradition of yes. Starfleet captains looking like Romulans. Yeah, I know Picard does it. Yep, <laughs> it's a good look for everyone. And I hear he is utterly recognizable. Um, but apparently... He's utterly recognizable. Yes, yeah. utterly recognizable. You're like, oh, it's Kirk in Vulcan, or Romulan With makeup. higher eyebrows. Yeah. And Scotty is, of course, overjoyed, but Kirk's like, I'm going to need an outfit. And Scotty's <laughs> like, it will be my pleasure to rip the clothes off that sexy Romulan. And it was very disturbing. <laughs> it was disturbing, because, like, how did that scene play out? Did he just, like, march down there and be like, you take off your clothes? Or did he, like pull him out and, like, forcibly make him strip in front of him? Or, like, what happened? I assumed it was either war crime or (laughs) it started with the exchange of sexy blue drinks in nonsensical long glasses, (laughs) which moved on to toothpick fondue. Mm, Okay. Well, speaking of date night. Speaking of date night on the Romulan ship. Date night! Which somehow disguises the Klingon ship. Don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah, so here's our official seduction, and I have to give her props. She does a good seduction. I would have sold out anyone. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) Wow, at least I know what the line is, Kareem. Romulan Ale, apparently. It's like pink lighting and, like, 
cheese. Uh, depends on the cheese. Because it's a selection <laughs> of them. <laughs> like, if it's a really good cheese plate, I would sell out the nation. <laughs> I can never work for Caesars. <laughs> So yeah, she's like, ooh, I've got a selection of special Vulcan dishes, uh, which are just underneath my beaded curtains. (laughs) And her recruitment inducements are just like food and blue drink. Romulan ale, I'm pretty sure. It's, I hate their cups. (laughs) Their glassware is awful because it's these really thin, they're almost like test tube tall glasses, which would be impossible to drink and you'd get all over your nose and you'd end up like huffing it. So he just, they all take, like, very delicate sips. Maybe that's yeah. the point of the liquor. It might be. Yeah. to take delicate sips. Uh, no, the point of liquor is to drink it. Yes. And meanwhile, back on the Enterprise. Well, okay, can we go back to this oh. for a second here? Yes. While they're drinking, they're exchanging a lot of lingering glances, etc. <laughs> um, etc. This is the part where I started becoming concerned about how she was being written, because she has some extremely vulnerable eyes happening <laughs> In this scene that was supposed to lead you to the conclusion that she is falling in love with Spock. I kind of read that as a fake out, honestly. I didn't think it was a fake out. I thought maybe it was just too good of acting from the actors. But I thought that the text was supposed to be leading us to believe that like, she's got real feelings for him at this point. I think that Kim is right. Sorry, Ari. Kim offered me a cheese plate, um, <laughs> is that we're supposed to believe that she is all in, that she has no qualms about him secretly working the other side. Like she believes that he is in it and that he has switched allegiances and that all she has to do is play it right. And he will be loyal to her and he will bring her prizes. She thinks yes. she's won at this point. She does think that she's won because then she switches to the gross yellow orange goo. Uh, I don't to I level don't, up her seduction blue and orange booze. Mm-hmm. I don't know the the look she was giving him came off to me as extremely vulnerable and not She's not not vulnerable and like it, it, it came off to me as too wanting and needing of him. Maybe than, she hasn't felt wasn't the like, touch of a man in a long time. I don't know. I wouldn't say vulnerable. I mean, she definitely has let her guard down at this point, but I think that's because she made a, a decision that she's won. There's no reason to be quite so paranoid anymore. I don't know. I don't think it had anything to do with a feeling of, like, victory and I've turned him and I've won. It, it felt to me like a, a, a wanting and a longing for him. Well, I don't disagree that she definitely has feelings for her, for him. I mean, and he fast, has And too. fast. Like, Kim, I do yeah. agree that it's pretty fast that she accepts that he's going to change the side and she has strong feelings for him very yeah. But I think the only reason she starts so showing them so abruptly here is because she's letting like, oh, okay, I've won. Let's enjoy this now. Well, he is the tallest. He is very like, tall. If you're into climbing, that would be <laughs> an inducement, I guess. Because her her line is so you really have nothing tying you to like Starfleet or anything, which is her very subtle roundabout way of asking Come so, be my kept man. Do you have a girlfriend back home? <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, it goes on like, we'll find you a place with me. I See, here's my problem, though, is because the thing that I, I'm having trouble with is her, be- again, her believing that Spock would that easily change sides. If positions were reversed and it was her ship that was captured on the other side of the neutral zone, would she actually... Just be like, oh, you've got nice eyebrows and offered me a ship and command in your fleet. So I will absolutely change sides. 
if the positions were reversed, would she do what she? you guys seem to expect that she thinks Spock is going to do? I think that she believes that he is not as loyal to Starfleet as they seem to think. Yeah. But why? What indication has she had of that? Because he's, he's an emotion and Vulcans can't lie. It's an emotion, but also because he is constantly on the outside of yeah. Starfleet, that they haven't really accepted him because they haven't given him command. And that even though he has all of these accomplished, he's constantly being set aside because they don't really Passed trust over. him. Yeah. That that he that they are human and they're always going to be human and they're never going to fully accept him. No, mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. Okay, let's keep going. Plus, as far as she's concerned, what she's offering him is so much better than what he already has. To be fair, it is. It is. Definitely You is. get your own ship. We'll get you a nice toga. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Do anything for a toga. So, yeah, she does some swiveling to put her legs up so they're doing a sexy lean. Spock leaning is one of the most awkward things that I've ever odd. seen in my life. There's something very disconcerting about it. Um, this is, the, is this the part where they're having their second color of drink? Is that where we are? Yeah, yes. we moved on okay. to yellow-orange. Okay, because um, the thing here that I really noticed is that she seats herself in a position that is lower to Spock. Spock is sitting in a position higher than her, and she is uh, her couch is lower than him, so that she is tipped back. Her head is tipped back and she's looking up at him. I thought this was just a repeat of her early power lounging. No. It's like, I'm relaxed. That's how you know that I'm in no, charge. No, it's, it's a, I think it's a move that she has made to it's like a it's like a very specific power. For me, because I was so focused on the fact that they were having her fall, fall in love with Spock so quickly, it came off to me as a way of making her feelings more evident and that she has, she is in love with him. She is feeling him. So she has lowered herself under him. I don't to agree. a more vulnerable position. I mean, when Kirk and Spock initially come in, she's sitting in her damn chair. She doesn't bother to stand to greet them because she doesn't need to. She's the captain. But this isn't greeting somebody from her position of authority. This is her in a room with a man that she is attracted to and in love with. And so? she has lowered herself and is making herself more vulnerable. That doesn't and make a lot of sense compared to what she does earlier, though. Like, it- No, I'm getting you, Kim. It's I, I agree that she's positioning herself in such a way to make her seem less threatening less threatening i think it feels like she's putting herself at ease and that she's indicating to him that i'm open and that um that there's no barriers that this is you know i'm i'm showing you my emotions and kind of where i where i'm standing right now i'm just not willing to take as much credit away from her as you seem to be comfortable with doing like, I, I don't I've think at any before, point that I she's... really like your guys' idea, but I don't think that that is what the text is trying to tell us about this. I, I just think the text don't think... wants us to think that she's actually in love with him. Yeah, but that yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, no, I agree. sure, absolutely. But I also don't think that she completely, like, loses her mind over it. I think she makes a conscious decision to allow herself to have those feelings because she's one. Why not? Why not enjoy herself? I, Why not I... have sexy seduction dinner? <laughs> I think that Kim's right in that she... The, the show is telling us that she is in love with him. Sure, she's fine. falling in love with him. But I don't think yes. that necessarily equates with her giving up power. I don't think at any point she gives up any power to anyone. I she think, I think the bigger safe. question is is that whether it's a lapse in judgment and whether the show is telling us that her letting herself be clouded by emotion by falling in love is a lapse of judgment on her part. This is what I think I'm trying to go for that I'm not mm. articulating well, is that the show is lessening her through her feelings. And that is what the show is presenting her as as not as competent and not as in command and in control as a man would be in this position because she is having these feelings. Well, if that were the case... And she's allowing herself to succumb to these feelings. 
I would still totally disagree with the show if that were the case, though, because she doesn't actually, like, lose her mind. She doesn't have an error in judgment. She just loses. I think it's interesting that it's showing that emotions are a liability. Hmm. In the face of Spock, yeah. who always sets aside his emotions to do his duty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. Is because it's not Kirk doesn't really he's not the main focus of this episode. No. He's not what she's being contrasted with. She's being contrasted with Spock. Yeah. Who lets logic and duty and loyalty guide him all at all times. Yeah. And that the emotion is the game that he plays. With her, power is the game that she's playing, and she allows herself emotions, which which becomes a liability for her. So I, I think you, I, I can absolutely support that the show is showing us that she allowed her judgment to be clouded by falling in love with Spock. So she let herself be compromised by her emotions, where Spock felt the emotions, but was not compromised. Okay, but here's a question. Do we actually think that she falls head over heels in love with him the second she sees him? Yes. Not the second, I do not, not the second she sees because him. Because she makes the first set of decisions that cascade into her, you know, getting into a position where she feels comfortable, like, having a sexy date with him long before, like, the second she meets him. She decides he's trustworthy because he can't lie. I have made this judgment of his motives and what he can be offered as an inducement to betray the Federation long before they have the sexy date. She's intrigued by him. So I when think- he first shows up, she's intrigued. You're Spock. I've heard about you. She knows a lot about his career. So I think she's always been interested in him. And mm-hmm. when she sees him and sees kind of a chance, and I do believe that she thinks that she's one. And so now that she's there, she's like, well, I'm also attracted to you. So and I'm bonus. attracted to your brain. Yeah. So and I think that the, the 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 action she takes that ends with her losing this game isn't an emotional one. It's a logical one. She decides to trust Spock for logical reasons from her point of view. Which is and a then, poor, yeah, poor judgment. It turns out to be wrong, but it was reasonable from her standpoint. I think... And then the emotional stuff comes later. I, I that is what makes her lose at the end, because Spock takes advantage of it. But I think if she hadn't fallen in love with him, she would have found some other way. I because th- hmm. I I don't know the, the I think the part I'm having trouble with is that I don't think it's a reasonable dis- a conclusion to her to jump to is that Spock would turn from Starfleet that fast and like I understand Kareem what you're saying about the whole thing where she sees him that he's an outsider and you're you're not treated well but I just think that that leap that I can trust him now because I've had this one conversation where I've offered him power I just think that that is too much of a stretch. For you've, you've, you captured him 15 minutes ago, and yes, maybe he's saying that his captain was wrong, but he's doing that yeah. in service and in duty to his ship and to his, his organization. And this is the part I think where I'm struggling with her conclusions and the reasoning and why I think this makes, the, the writing is making her look foolish and weak because of her emotions. I think it's also a question of loyalty. She believes he doesn't have but why does she believe? Like, I mean, and I get yeah. your your argument about the outsider, but I don't think the show makes a strong argument for why she should believe so quickly that Spock doesn't have loyalty to Starfleet. He's been in this organization for, like, what, 20-something years? 18. And a five-minute conversation that where she says, like, you're yeah. an outsider is going to turn him? I don't but, think, I think that we're supposed to get the impression that Spock has always had doubts, has always been, you know, not really sure he wanted to be 100% loyal. And he definitely encourages that impression. It all hinges on, for me, that she believes he can't lie. Yeah. And 
by an extension, he can't lie that he can't pretend yeah. to be something that he's not. But I don't, I don't think like he's attracted to her. Yeah. She's attracted to him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I get it that they fall in insta love, like YA dystopian style. Yeah. And they're super into each other. And I think that. But it is like a, uh, there is, a there's a definitely an episode. That, fair enough. There is definitely a layer of, oh, weak woman in command tricked. Cause she's tricked. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's, 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 for me, what mitigates that is that she really believes that he cannot pretend yeah. to feel something or lie. She has no reason to believe that he would betray yeah. her. He, yeah. She doesn't have any reason to believe that she isn't in a weakened position. Also, if this, you know, the supposition wouldn't even be there if the genders were reversed here. I, f- I feel like there had to be some understanding that Spock would just distract the commander yeah. because otherwise this whole plan doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, he's the one who has to, he has to at least to some degree betray Kirk if only to protect the Enterprise. It's like, yeah. oh, well, it was definitely just Kirk being crazy that brought us into the neutral zone. That yeah. was clearly and part of the Kirk plan from the get-go. to die. Yeah. yeah. So, and that that's my other part of this, the boring problem with the plot that I was talking yeah. about, for, is that this, this crazy. plan hinges on so many what-ifs and okay, can yous. And this is one of them. It's like, can you keep the commander and everybody occupied? occupied? And what if, what if it was a dude who was just like, great, your, your captain's dead. Fine. We'll send his body back. You're going to the brig. We've searched you. We've taken away every, because apparently they haven't even searched Spock to take away his communicator. No, bless their hearts. And what if Spock had been locked up and they had immediately sent over a landing party of 500 or 50 armed Romulans to seize the ship, etc. They would have blown. So okay. Yeah, that's my other problem with the ship is there's the, it's, there's so many what ifs and what ifs and what ifs. I think that the other uh, run in that we've had with Romulans, and that was Mark Lennard, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was the greatest episode the greatest of the entire series. Yeah. Is that there was the want for communication mm-hmm. and the kind of respect, and they're intrigued by humans. Mm-hmm. And that episode, they had a lot of back and forth and mm-hmm. a lot of respect for each other and they were interested in yeah. kind of talking. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were kind of hinging on a little bit of that. Because yeah. in that situation mm-hmm. they don't immediately go in guns a-blazing. They talk a little bit. They're honorable warriors. In fact, Spock uses the word honor like three times when they're having yeah. that conversation. Yeah, and I, I feel like there's actually a little bit of groundwork laid for that in that the Romulans are not monsters. No. They are interested in having a chat and kind of figuring out a little bit of information, whether what they're going to use that for is there, but they're, they're curious. They want intel on the enemy. And I feel like maybe that's what they were hinging on okay. is either they would torture Spock or try to, you know, talk to Spock to get a little bit more. Well, so, they said the interrogation wouldn't work on Spock, but maybe just talking to him because he can't mm-hmm. lie. Yeah. Might as well give him some fondue. See what happens. <laughs> I think it was just a lot of steps. It's like, we'll try to do this thing because it's pretty sure to work, which yeah. is the wandering into the neutral zone to see if the Romulans would sh- like uncloak themselves right in front of the Enterprise like idiots. <laughs> that was pretty sure to work. Good point. They should have just fired on them and And everything them else after that, it was like, if we get this far, then next. Yeah. But this is, this is great. This yeah. is really, really great because she's like, oh God. <laughs> he, I think he asked for her name and she's like, whisper, whisper, whisper. <laughs> I love that she leaned over and whispered it. I know. And yeah. I'm like, God damn it. Now I want to know your name. Just in case anyone was listening. Yeah. <laughs> a secret name. And he's like, oh, it's how beautiful and rare. And we're all dying. We're like, just tell us what her name is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think he's like, oh, it's a good name for a soldier. She's like, now the soldier will transform into a woman. <laughs> which is for sure a seduction technique I'm going to be using forever. <laughs> so she goes off to change into her slip into something more comfortable yeah. yes yes 
Yes! And she comes back with her off-the-shoulder, off-hours dress. Yeah. Oh my god, she looks so beautiful in that dress. I loved it. It was, like, just beautiful evening gown with, like, a strap over one shoulder, which is a style we have definitely seen in Star Trek Mm -hmm. before. It's got all these beautiful white and navy blue swirly patterns of, like, swooshing lines all over. It was gorgeous. And she was wearing earrings. She looks fabulous. She, like, brushed her hair. Yeah. Yeah. And they immediately engage in some sort of hand job that was very (laughs) hard to watch. Before this, though, while she goes off to slip into something more comfortable, Spock immediately whips out his communicator to call Kirk, who was beamed onto the Aronimus ship. Yes, because Kirk has been, like, pacing in the transporter room this whole time, being like, is he going to call with the coordinates or what? And Scotty's like, you really shouldn't beam over without the coordinates. And Spock's like, no, we have to risk it and try not to beam you into a bulkhead. And here I was like... Ships are always moving. If you can't see the inside of the ship, how can you possibly beam over? And he was, you know, transported into the middle of their engineering section and died. The end. The end. Except, except, yeah. except what actually happens is he materializes in the engineering corridor. The only, like, competent guy. Well, there's two competent guys. Competent because guy. this one is smart enough to challenge him and addresses him as, I can't, Centurion. Centurion. Yeah. Uh, because he's been smart enough to take an important uniform. Yes. And uh, fake uh, Romulan Kirk's like, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I need to report. And this guy's like, oh, okay. And just goes off. It's great. So back to them fingering each other. And oh, God. <laughs> God, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. But also in, in this period, um, the subcommander, subcommander Bowie. Yes. Um, detects that there's a, an okay. alien transmission yeah. coming. It's coming from inside the ship. <laughs> I am so glad. Again, the Romulans are much more competent oh, yes. than Starfleet. 100%. By far. Yeah. By far. Because, yeah, so they're fingering each other in them, and she's like, oh, to be moved by the touch of an alien hand. I was like, ah. It's like, I'm moved too. Ah. All of this is a horrible double entendre. Okay, I have a question because I can't remember what oh, degree please. of what psychic talking powers about? Romulans have. Do they have the same kind of I psychic power? I don't think they I don't do. Think I don't they do, think but I think so. it's supposed to be established that the Vulcan mating bond is transferable. Mm. Like you can do this. You can do it with humans. You can do the psychic finger touching with other species. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, <laughs> um, Spock is cock blocked by the takeover of her ship. Yeah. <laughs> And well, she, I think really she's the one being cock-blocked at yes, this point. Yes, someone knocks on the door. She's like, Come back later. Should have put a sock on that doorknob. <laughs> and then she cottons on very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because like, really, she only lets her guard down for real for like five minutes. Again, this entire scene takes seven minutes to eat a fondue and then start fingering each other. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's no, a descriptive it's the, of what is happening. It's the only happening. thing they can, you can describe is they are free. Finger when touching. she's got that giant ass ring on there, and he's like, je- <laughs> oh, no more. The ring. No very more. sexual, very sexual. I was like, I don't. I would rather watch porn than this. this oh! is very uncomfortable. Um, Kirk tries to go down the forbidden corridor, and this guard not only challenges him, but actually says, "I don't recognize you." <laughs> Thank you so much. Sir. Thank you. Yeah, I love it because she figures out what's happening immediately. Yeah, she's like, "Oh crap." And then Spock just gives himself up. He essentially volunteers himself as tribute. He's like, oh no, it was me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm totally working the other yeah. side. She's yeah. immediately like, oh, you betrayed me. Oh, they're after the cloaking device. I and mean, they run to the cloaking that. device. Yeah. Which is, let's not gloss over this, <laughs> a giant glowing ball. Yep. 
Which apparently you can just pick up out of the base and take away. <laughs> not like the computers that it's attached to yep, it's or like not the electrical like wired system. into anything. You just pick it up. Just a ball. Yep. yep. Just a just ball. A glowing ball. Um, do we, can we talk about how Kirk fights the security guard <laughs> inside the room? We can. Yeah. Yes. And he, thro- Kirk gets threatened with a gun, so he drops his gun. Yes. Then he kicks the gun out of the guard's yes. hand yes. and then just straight up kicks the guard in the face. Just like a leg lift, kick in the chin. <laughs> Guards out and Kirk just goes. It takes about it's about a course girl seconds. kick. Yeah, course girl kick to the high face. Kick. It was yep. hilarious. Uh, and then Kirk beams away of with the cloaking device he does. and tells Scotty he has fifteen minutes to install it or they're all going to die. No That's pressure. A, also, a very specific time amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also great because this is for sure an act of war. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Like, I don't understand how they don't think this is going to start a war. And again, it's an extremely flawed plan. Yeah. From this point on, I'm not sure how the plan is going to work. No. Why not just take a look, confirm that they have it. I wonder if yeah. they were supposed to steal plans and this was like Kirk's, okay, well, now we need the cloaking well, device to get alive. Well, now I just have alive. it, so I'm We've already well gone in it. this far, so we may as well go all the way. So... Because, yeah, it's like, how do you... Like, I'm sorry, you just fucking stole the cloaking up to this point... Kirk went crazy and then went dead. Is fine. That's fine. Reasonable. Yeah. But then he goes back. Whatever. So I told you that's what I said at the beginning. Well, the thing is, is crazy. This plan makes no sense. But up until this point, I'm totally on board with the plan. I don't know how they justify stealing the cloaking device unless it was Kirk going, "Fuck it, we're already screwed." I've gone back. I still think it's a great plan. (laughs) Um, So Spock's like, "Well, I guess I got to be executed now." What? Yeah. And, well, okay, before you get executed, you get to recite a monologue? Yeah, apparently. Like, a dear diary. 20-minute monologue. Well, I mean, it's the same thing if you're in the, I know in the United States, based on what I've seen on television, before somebody's executed, they are allowed final words. Do you have to, do you, would you like to make a final statement? Oh. Yeah, it's really sad. It's very sad. So, Kirk, and I really like that Spock is like, yes, I would like to. It'll take 20 minutes. Yes. (laughs) Also, it is the most boring last words ever created it is well, deliberately so i'm the first officer of the because he's trying to kill time i am hella guilty of sabotage Ugh. so of course and she asks what are you that you could do this? And he says, yeah. first officer of the Enterprise, bitches. <laughs> yes. I thought that was a great, yeah, great line. Like, what What are you? Because you're not Vulcan. I, at least that's what goes to supporting you don't, my text. You don't fit our our notion of Vulcan. Yes. You're not a Vulcan because you can lie and you can pretend and you can fake emotions. Um, also, you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so they are beaming Spock away, but she grabs onto him because why not go for a ride? <laughs> <laughs> and they are trying to run away with a cloaking device that Scott is trying to Scotty is trying to integrate into their own technology, which is bullshit of the this highest part degree. Got just like really long and boring, and nothing was really happening. It was just chase. Of, I kind of do it. Can you do it? I kind of do it. Oh wait, I can. <laughs> um, the best part is when the uh, Bowie sub commander calls him up and says, "Well, we're going to destroy you." So. And Kirk is like, but wait, I have your commander. And Rom-Com is like, no, no blow, blow them up, fucking up. sky. Yeah. And Kirk is and like, he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Didn't see that the calculation. <laughs> yeah. So we both misjudged each other today. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Scotty can. And so. Well, Scotty always does this. Of course they in can. In fact, he straight up says in Next Gen that he did this. 
So yes, of course, they are able to cloak themselves. The Romulans stupidly are like, well, just chart out where they might go and then we'll fire at that. It's space. Well, no, they're They're invisible. They just turned around and went the other way. Or like went down or went up or went backwards. Well, for one thing, no one in sci-fi ever goes up or down. They only go forward, backward, left or right. I don't know why, but they always do. Does it make any sense? And it's wrong, but I understand what they were going for. It's like chart their course based on their heading when they disappear. But of course, anyone with half a brain is going to be like, okay, let's immediately change course so that doesn't work. Yes, I also really like the crushed look on the commander's face when she realized that her crew is too stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good look. Because you see the sub commander being like, chart their course! And and on the we flip back to the bridge and Kirk's like, yeah, we should change course. And she's like, oh, fuck. Also, why can't they track their own stuff? That's super dangerous. I think kind of sounded to me like it was very new technology. Because she says to them, you know, we will soon learn how to detect this. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like that they've made this, don't super know how it exactly works yet, and don't know all the ins and outs of how to, like, get around it and track it. But have put it on all of their ships, which well, could we don't crash know into each other. If, if it is new experimental technology, it's only on a few ships, wouldn't you want to keep those ships away from the neutral zone? Like, or, like, keep them together, like the three ships that were all coming together. Yeah, together. but they can crash into each other because they're all if going they to the same destini- destination, and they don't know where each other are. That yeah. is very dangerous. That is very stupid. Later on, I, you know what, that's a I'm not sure that's a question that ever gets addressed later on. Like, how do Romulan ships not crash into each other? Oh, they must know something. <laughs> because, well, there's all of this. There's all Someone of this. must know something. It's yeah. in the um, the episode where Deanna ends up on the Romulan ship. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing about how the Enterprise has learned to track us. How do you track a ship under cloak? There's an episode of Deep Space Nine as well, the first one where they get the Romulan cloaking device on the Defiant. And... Yeah. Um, the actress who plays the Romulan is Martha Hackett, who plays Seska in Voyager, which I did not realize. Yeah. Anyway, she gets all shirty about stuff. And then there's a point where she's like, okay, if we want to avoid the cloak, scan for this. And everyone's yeah. like, huh? And she's like, don't tell anyone I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Enterprise D does figure out a couple of ways of tracking cloaked ships, but I yeah. mean, they're always things that they immediately correct for. Yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting question. You could crash into each other. You could definitely, especially around Romulus, where you have to assume there are dozens of cloak ships at any given time. Surely there is a way. Very poor decisions. Anyways, Spock escorts her to her quarters. Well, she, she, they tell her that they'll, this seemed like kind of an insult to her. Yeah, it definitely was. They're like, well, we'll drop you off at the nearest starbase. Yeah, and and you can just go on your merry way. And And she's like, like, I would uh, rather be a prisoner. Yeah, she's like, you're going to take me to the brig then? And they're like, nope, we'll put you in quarters, which is like... It's I, so I can, insulting. I can, yeah, was that supposed to be insulting I think to so. her? No, I think it was the same thing, that it's the rules of war. Like, I don't think that Kirk would have been sent to the brig unless he was insane, because Spock is going to go to quarters as well. Like, it's just... That's true. They're an officer, and so you have certain respects given to you is that you get quarters and not thrown on in On the, the other hand, I think she would have preferred to be a prisoner because it would mean that the fallout, if and when she goes back to Romulus, would be much less if she was captured than if well, she fucked up and got herself, like, accidentally taken on a trip. I think it's... Yeah. Like, I, I think I, if she goes back to Romulus, she's for sure going to be executed. Yeah, they're not a forgiving people. No. So, as they're going down in the turbo lift together in, like, a super awkward moment that, yeah. damn it, Kirk, can you read a room? They're like, we never have to. Was it, like, was it all pretend? Yeah. And he's kind of like, well, no. No, no it wasn't. And she's yeah. like, okay, well, 
we tell no one about this. <laughs> yeah. I kind of assumed that they made out for a little bit in the turbo lift before she went to her quarters. Well, she physically pushes him away from her. There's a great moment where she's like, we will penetrate your cloak. And I was like... <laughs> 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 Amazing. But he says, we exchange something more permanent. Mm-hmm. Which I really believe that they, they were interested in each other. There's a part of me that really wants... Like, A, for her to be able to peacefully return to the Romulan Empire and not be executed. Because, B, then when much older Spock eventually sneaks onto Romulus to, mm. like, you know, help the underground, that she's one of the people in the underground. I think That's a headcanon. Fine. Yeah, very much <laughs> but so. But how cool would that be? Yeah, and the quip-off is very stupid because Kirk has to get reconstructed. Because he's forgotten he still has pointy ears. It's not a very strong look for him except for the uh, eyeshadow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he looks yeah. really good with the eyeshadow. Like all the time, should be wearing. You know that. what? A lot of men look really good with eye makeup on. It's it's a tragedy that not more of them. He do. looked like the most Shatner in this episode, though. Like later days, Shatner, I could see it actually. In his do you face know what? All of a sudden, in, <laughs> you know what really instantly occurred to me when um, he was all like suddenly Romulan was Oberon. Something very Shakespearean. Yeah, that's true. Like the big eyebrows. Yeah, and the pointy ears. He looked a little the bit megalomania. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Ari, your count? Three and three. Okay. Ladies and people of color. Kim, your count? Zero deaths. Everyone lives! Everybody lives! (laughs) Okay, uh, Kim, your words of wisdom. My life lesson? Yes. Um, oh man, I actually forgot about this. Um, come back to me. Okay. Never put your faith in a man, they're all liars even if they're Vulcans. Okay. Mine was... (laughs) Don't hook your star to emotionally unavailable assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I think my life lesson is going to be make sure your plan has solid basis and reality. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Kim? <laughs> they won. They got that cloaking device. I don't care. It was a bad plan. I feel like if it succeeded, you have to at least give it, you know, solid. Uh, and a performance of the episode, I think we're all going to be united in giving it to Rom-Com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Joanne Linville. A+. She was incredible. She was amazing. My favorite female character so far in original series. Agreed. Yeah, she was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go find someone who loves you for who you are. And, that and you is love. on board with all your world domination plans. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.